This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha mai kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went. We start every conversation with this question because that's how we roll here in Hawaii. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're going to be talking about, and I, I, I almost hesitate to talk about this because I almost was told as a youngster, don't talk about the night marchers, but, <laughs> but today we're going to go there, and, I, and I'm confident and, and grateful of our guest because he comes here with so much uh, legend, uh, legendary stories, but also just a lot of credibility. And so I wanted to make sure that I had the right person to talk about this and, um, and not disrespect uh, the night marchers in any way. I want to welcome back Lopaka Kapanui to the conversation. Lopaka grew up around many of our old Hawaiian legends and ghost stories uh, from his ohana. Today he is one of Hawaii's best ghost storytellers who also leads a walking ghost tour uh, called Mysteries of Hawaii on Oahu. And, and uh, first of all, Lopaka, we'll get to the meat and potatoes in a bit. What school you at? I went to Waipalo. The Marauders. Marauders. The Marauders. And we had uh, guys like, uh, who's that boxer? Andy Gannigan. Andy Gannigan. Oh. Ben Villaflor. Yes. You know, uh, Jesus Salud. Jesus Salud. Yeah. Funny story about Jesus, and then we'll jump into the night marcher. <laughs> so Jesus uh, and I became a pretty good friends at, when he, at, at his peak of his career. And um, he had moved to San Diego by uh, by ninth, in the early 90s. Um, he had relocated, he and his family, and I went there to cover the UH football team at the Holiday Bowl, 1992. And, um, you know, we had connected and said, hey, let's go have dinner uh, on, on a night when we can. So I came back from a practice or, or the team had gone on to a tour of Disneyland or Miramar or something like that. <clears throat> and then I came and my light was blinking at my hotel room. So I called the front desk and the front desk said, I said, oh, uh, do I have messages? It looks like I have some messages. It was a verbal uh, message. She said, oh, yes, you, yes, you do, Mr. Mizutani. The first message is from Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and he said he's going to be about 25 minutes late. <laughs> and I started laughing, right? And then she said, and the second message is also from Jesus. Uh, and he's going to be running about an hour late. And I just started laughing. And so when I told uh, Jesus, hey, besides you, Jesus coming tonight too. But we just laugh. It's a story that I love. I love sharing. Jesus, salud. Good man. You know, um, when we talk about night marchers, what well, it's called what? Huakaipo. Huakaipo. Who who are the night marchers? Let's start there. So, um, you know, the basic procession, the the Ali'i and the the warriors. In life, were people that would precede a, an Ali'i that was like the the PO, the highest ranking. And so, when you're in the presence of that kind of Ali'i, you cannot be clothed. And you cannot look at them. And so when the procession is coming, you know, they call for the kapumoi. So you have to take off your clothes, lie, lie face down, prostrate. And even if the sun casts their shadow on your body, you'd be killed. And, you know, these kind of ali'i there, number one and number two, had to be taken out to the ocean and, you know, deposited so nobody could grab it and put a curse on them. And so to spare the common people, these kind of ali'i only came out at night. And so that's the basic procession we're seeing now. 
So they're not necessarily going off to battle, or they or they're just are they coming from the mountain to the sea? How does what's happening? Yeah, coming from mountain to ocean, you know, sounding the conch shell, the drums, the the oli, just to let everybody know that you know this this ali is coming. So observe the kapu, you know, the kapu moi. Everybody thinks that this one thing was made up to make, you know, to make fun of tourists or to see if actually the tourists are going to do it. They say if you can recount your genealogy and there's an ancestor in the procession, you'll be saved. And they also say if you're the only Hawaiian person in the group, then you're supposed to do number one in your hand, rub it all over yourself, everybody else who's not Hawaiian. Because it's also a, a form of healing, but um, you want them, the night marchers, to find you so disgusting they won't kill you. And then the last option is to just take your clothes off, lie on your, your back, spread eagle. Because in ancient times, only crazy people did that. And no one wanted to have anything to do with them. But one of the, the things that is certain about a night march or procession is when they're coming through a place where there's people who are trying to observe the couple, but they're not Hawaiian, they have to take one person, always. But do you want that person alive? Because I, I was told to lie face down or, or, or play dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would avert <laughs> them <laughs> killing you or taking you. Yeah. So did, did they want people alive? No, they, they take them. They, they just take with? Literally tear, tear the soul out of their body and take them. Nice. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a pleasant <laughs> thought. So, okay, I know you do, you do uh, your tours. And one of the areas, and not to scare any of our visitors from Waikiki, but it's very close to Waikiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, take us to that location, um, and if you don't mind sharing some specifics about that, that area. Yeah. The, the first procession in Waikiki actually comes through the, I don't know if I can say the name of the hotel. I may get in trouble. Uh, the Pink Hotel. Okay. Understood. You know, used to be a hail, uh, goes out past the Sheraton to the beach. Wait a minute. The Pink Hotel is built on a hail? Yeah. Yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> we could go into so much detail. Um, Hello Moa is the name of the hail. Is and it marked? Is the hail marked? It's, it's not marked. But there's newspaper articles in, I believe, the 20s about them extricating uh, kumunio, coconut trees, mm-hmm. from that area. And there was a pond of moi right next to where these Japanese laborers were working. Moi is the fish that the Ali ate. Yep. yep. Okay. And what they were doing is upending the trees from the root first. And it took a lot of time, and then everybody took a break. And then when they went back to work, <clears throat> somehow when they, they pushed the tree a certain way, the roots came up like a catapult. And in the roots were all these, these ivy, these skeleton. Ooh. So... According to the newspaper article, all the Japanese laborers, you know, just running for their lives. And the thing is like a catapult. So they're all getting beaned by these skulls and ribs and things like that. And they said this, this wind came out of nowhere. And the wind was, was so strange that the moi started to jump out of the pond. Wow. You know, and turns out that whole area, not only Evie, but where the procession goes right through. So you take <laughs> visitors through this area. What are you describing to them? Because we, we hear stories of there's the, the drumbeat, mm-hmm. um, light. Um, are they hovering? Some people say they hover over, over the ground they actually, or, or, or are actually marching. What, what do you describe to, the, to the, those who are on this 
adventure with you. Well, you know, these descriptions of the night marchers marching a foot off the ground or, you know, more, you know, a lot more off the ground. No matter how the, the geography of the land changes, the path is still the path. Mm-hmm. So if you see them, see them floating at a certain height or level, they're still on that actual path. So the one I specifically talk about is the one that this police officer told me that he saw in 2001. And his daughter was a student of mine when I was teaching at a charter school. And the short story is, he said, when you get out of the academy and they throw you to this substation at Waikiki, mm-hmm. he said one of, the, one of the duties the rookies have to do is go to Kapiolani Park at 10 o'clock yeah. and chase everybody out who's not mm-hmm. supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And so he, he said, you know, Kapiolani Park, you we see all kinds of stuff. But he said one night, him and his three guys going through the park, you know, the, the row of trees. Yep. He said his two friends take off right, left, and he's going through the middle. And he said all of a sudden, something you couldn't see, grabbed this Cushman and turned it over and started going like this, trying to shake him out of it. You know, like how you make the, the ketchup bottle like that. And so Wait, he's, picked, him, picked up the Cushman picked with him up, still on? With him still holding on. Oh, my gosh. And so when it shook him loose, he said he hit the ground head first, you know, but he's wearing his helmet. And he sits up like this and he's going like that. And he, he looks around and he sees through the bandstand this long procession, he said, was probably like almost an hour and at least 20 abreast coming right through the bandstand. And he said he could see the detail of all the, the feathered capes, the helmets. He could tell, you know, the high ranking to the lowest royalty, you know, to the slaves. And he said it was a, a silent procession, but there was this overwhelming smell of sulfur, and he could see the, the red glowing torchlights. And he said even the torchlight seemed like it, it was angry. And he said after that time, it just it went right across the park and seemed to go, be going toward you know, the slopes of Diamond Head. And so he asked me, you know, what, what was that? And I said, oh, it was going toward Diamond Head. La Piecha. Yeah. HSG, Hawaii School for Girls. And so the short description I gave him is that, you know, after the Battle of Nu'uanu when Kamehameha won the battle, you know, he always gave his prisoners of war a chance, you know, oh, you guys come on my side, land, mountain to ocean, I get 30 wives, you can marry anyone you like, you know, your generations will succeed you. But for some reason, these prisoners of war decided they're going to stay loyal to the guy that just abandoned them. So the story is Kamehameha took them to this compound next to this hail, uh, Papa Ena'ena, and he went in there himself, and there's this two-pronged wooden weapon called the makalua, which means, you know, and he plucked all their eyes out mm-hmm. one by one, and then went back later, broke all the bones in their body, went back later, chopped all their heads off, and mounted it on stakes along the walls of Papa and Ena. And right there, the police officer stopped me. He said, wait. He said, okay. He goes... Now I know I wasn't hallucinating because I whacked my head on the ground. I said, why? He said, every single warrior, every single chief, every single servant, he said, all of them, no heads. And then, like you said, he asked me, you know, where's this procession going? I said, to the old Heal. He goes, but is it there anymore? I said, technically. But I said, now it's this school for girls. <laughs> so it's almost, you know, the makings of a slasher movie, you know, a school for girls on an ancient... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I, I you know, this, uh, first of all, going back to the HPD uh, rookie story, because uh, my dear friend, who 
obviously with uh, recently uh, their early days as as a beat 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 officers were um, at the Waikiki substation that you speak of, and they used to have their Cushmans and it was those little paddy wagon looking yeah. ice cream trucks. But they would have to back then was point uh, excuse me uh, Bobby McGee's. <laughs> right, Bobby McGee's. Yeah. But so they would uh, they would park out there because all the kolohes would be coming out and make sure that everybody was behaving. But they too would have to go through the Kapilani Park, and then by the tennis courts because people would be you know doing things they shouldn't be. And then as they would go to back then it was Hawaii School for Girls. He said it was always just uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, and and you know pe- people listening right now or, or even on your tour they probably ah come on this, this guy's pulling your leg but this is an area that was very sacred Waikiki very much. yeah even um Mark Twain in 1866 of March talks about riding through there at night and seeing in the sand what he thought was ivory and he asked the kupuna who was guiding their horseback ride you know why is there so much ivory here shouldn't people be collecting the ivory and the old Hawaiian man said it's not ivory these are the bones of those those men who perished during the great battle of the king. And Mark Twain was, you know, he was um, he didn't know what to say. And the, the man said, the great battle of the king, high-ranking chiefs, his enemies, he left the bodies where they lay. Bones exposed to the sun is the worst thing for a Hawaiian. But to the old man's horror, the people in the riding party hear the conversation and according to Mark Twain, jump off their horses and start collecting the bones. Oh, my. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what happened to that? Yep. <laughs> nothing good can nothing good can come of that. So people say, "Wait a minute, uh, Lopak, I've never I li- I work in downtown for thirty years. I've never seen a procession come down Bishop Street. It's not like it's a parade. No, right? It's it's and it's not like this is something that everyone sees or mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what we talked about uh, in our previous conversation about the the Green Lady of Wahiwa. Do you have to be keen? on what's happening to receive or to see or, you know what I mean? Or do you have to be spiritual? How, do, how does one see, I mean, not that we encourage people to see night marchers, but right. how does one see that or feel it or hear it? Um, that's that's the unique thing is people sensitive and not have experienced it. Uh, people who work in the Davies Pacific Center, you know, people at Aloha Tower. Uh, Aloha Tower is where the old Pakakaheo used to be. You know, now it's the, the pier where all the ships dock. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, so again, I know there'll be non-believers. Yeah, obviously, uh, and and there'll be believers. For those who believe and feel some presence, or they hear drums or ch- only some chanting, uh, and they're in an area that's known, what does one do? Run. Get out of there. You shouldn't even wait to see what's coming to observe the couple. Just leave. What if it's too late where it's too close? Then strip naked, lie face down, hands behind the back of your head like this. And just, if you know your genealogy chant, do it. And if you want to pray, just pray. What if you're not Hawaiian, though? What if you're uh, Japanese or Chinese or, or a visitor? Well, here's the thing. You know, I was told by uh, two local Japanese brothers that um, in the back of Kualoa, they were hunting, and it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And they said they didn't hear the sounds they're supposed to hear. They didn't see the things they're supposed to see. They said it was just, it was already coming. And two brothers said to each other, what are we going to do? We're not Hawaiian. 
And the older brother said, show respect, just show respect. So when the thing comes true, just uh, through, just say it, you know, I respect you, I'm sorry, please excuse me. And they made it. Just acknowledge, acknowledge. respect. Yeah. yeah they said they've, the sound of everything that happened, it's, they've never heard something like that again. You know, it's kind of unforgettable. I believe that. Yeah. You know, Japanese, their own culture have obake. They have, they have ghost stories too. And the Chinese, same thing. So whatever ethnicity or whatever you believe in or don't believe in, yeah. chances are there's, there's stories that have been shared through generations as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we grew around, grew up around this kind of stuff, you know, plantation era and everything. You know, I, I, for sure. I mean, I, my, my family's deep in the plantation. That's, that's, that's why I have nine ethnicities in me, right? <laughs> uh, one more question, because I went to Kumeme schools in Kapalama all my life, and as did my, my mama and my, my daughter, and before that as well, we have several generations, and um, I had many border friends, people who lived on campus, and Kapalama, uh, well, at least up in the Heights, was a path, was yep. it not? I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, according to everybody I know, that's uh, alumni of Kamehameha schools. It's pretty much <clears throat> the same thing. Um, supposedly the path comes through the theater or around that area. And I know part of it went through uh, what is now Bishop Museum and then Farrington. And then proceeded down to, um, to Kalihi Beach. I've had alumni tell me about the girls' dormitory that supposedly had a procession mm -hmm. that went through it, but... Every generation has told me the, the same story, not having talked to each other about the girls' dormitory, is knowing the procession is coming through, they observe the kapu. But then the other strange thing is every generation has told me, again, not knowing each other, uh, the girls' dorm, that there would always be a knock on the door, they open the door, tall Hawaiian man, plantation clothes, and he's always asking for ku'ule. And nobody can figure out who ku'ule was you know, and why he's looking for a ku'ule. <laughs> but that usually happens uh, either before or after the procession. Well, my mom was <laughs> in the girls' dorm, and she <laughs> told me many times that, uh, and she used, doesn't use the word haunted, but yeah. she said there was definitely something going on there. Active, definitely active. Yeah. Woo, chicken skin, chicken skin. And, and you learn, uh, we talked real briefly, but before we wrap it up, you've learned from one of the greatest uh, yeah. storytellers of all time. Rest in aloha for him, but I, I bet you miss him. Oh, a lot. Yeah. You know, now I'm really close to his family. Uh, his nephew comes every, every year. We hang out. Um, Glenn trained me pretty much the same way my mom did. Uh, no script, no write nothing down. I just talk, you listen. And when it's done, you repeat everything back, and it's like four or five hours later. <laughs> but that, that was basically it. You know, his method was very, very Hawaiian. And Glenn so Grant. every yeah. stop, <laughs> seven stops on the tour that I learned from him, and every stop had two hours of stories, but no script. <laughs> well, you know, if, if there is one mentor that you could have in this field, Glenn Grant was the, was the man, and... Uh, I thank you for, for, you know, continuing to share these stories because I, I do believe that the next generation needs to understand this is, there's a kuleana to there. There's a responsibility to that. It's a heavy responsibility for you yeah. to make sure that you're doing it with the right heart and 
you know, and you're going to have your critics and skeptics rather and, and, and even those who are non-believers, but you just continue to do your what you were told to do. Yeah. I was going to start studying Laolapaong from this kahuna, <laughs> and he told me no. And I said, why? Because we're friends. He goes, because, you know, you think you can stop, stop telling ghost stories. The Spirit's not going to let you go, bro. <laughs> well, I appreciate that too. Yeah. <laughs> Buaha. That's what I used to tell my kids. <laughs> Lopaka, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, mahalo Nui for joining us as well. Woo! That one was heavy. Until next time. Mahalo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.